Welcome to episode two of User Guide to Humans. Now we're looking at some of the dimensions of a persona archetype. We're understanding the concept of light and shadow, and we look at the child, adult, elder range of where the personas can go and how they affect your life. So Katie has written and authored the 10 archetypes and each archetype has its own unique story. Can you tell me what makes a persona? I can. They are really complex. It's interesting, isn't it, if you've done the quiz and you have a look and you go, oh, yeah, lion, dog, beaver, you know, there's a swan, a raven, a peacock, and you can think this is really simple baby stuff. I'm a tad offended by this, people. No, it is not baby stuff. They are extraordinarily complex. And there are some differences in what I've I've worked here. As I said in the previous episode, I have nine archetypes as a foundation underneath these. And can I tell them quickly the story of how they became animals and birds, Erica? You may. I think you should. Okay. So I... I was told by a very clever person years ago when I was working with the archetypes, they'd come and done my archetype workshop. They said, this is great, but it's too complex and you'll never get anywhere with it. I really appreciated that. I have a lion. So I love that information. But deep down, I knew it was true. And after my long dark night of the soul in the last 10 years, um, this wise person had said to me, you need to get it down to four, Katie, because it's got to be accessible. So... I was working with someone and I was starting to get it down to four. We had number one, number two, number three, number four. And I was working with a lovely lady and we were working with issues that she was having at work where she was being taken for granted and walked over and so forth. And she said, or I said, I can't remember now. I feel like a bit of a dog's body at work. And I went, we were talking about number two. And I went, oh, yeah. Number two is like a dog. It's like golden retrievers because it has to be a specific brand because there's a lot of different personalities in dogs. And then it was obvious to me, it just was like this lightning flash. Lions are one, beavers are three. What's the fourth one? It's a bird. Okay, it's a bird. And so I started writing them from that perspective. And what's brilliant about these animals is we already know intuitively. You know what a lion is like compared to a golden retriever, compared to a beaver, you know, a busy beaver. We've got a lot of language in our world that already refers to them. So these archetypes have already existed. These persona archetypes already exist in our consciousness, in our language, in our stories, books, movies. They're out there everywhere. And so I was tapping into them and bringing them as a language now together to describe our souls really it's not just personality or identity that we like to put out to the world this is like the makeup the dna of our unique souls and you've got six of them so it's quite complex and then when i got to the birds i was trying to write the bird and i went round and round circle for weeks i couldn't get it and then one day the flash came to me katie there are seven birds mm-hmm. and straight away they actually came off bang 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 I ask everyone listening, do you think you might have an idea what a peacock's like? Of course you do. Think about Moira from Schitt's Creek. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or David Rose. Mm -hmm. Is that a peacock? And you already knew all this. So this is like it taps into information we actually already have, but then it's fleshed out in a great deal of detail. So then the other birds came in and I just said, well, I'm a raven. And 
my mum said, well, I'm an owl and she's a PhD. And it's like, yeah, I, exactly. So we know straight away, we have a sense of that. And they just came. And then my husband said, oh, you've got it now. That's great. This is, you know, a long time ago, many, many, many years ago. No, 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 no. I only finished really writing the model in full December last year. So it took another eight years to, to flesh out all the complexities of these. So this language and the personas are unique in that they are understandable by children, mm. which is really helpful for teachers and for parents. So it's a resource that can work from the youngest of ages. And we have children's audio stories to describe this and children go, that's me. That's my friend. That's my teacher. That's you, dad. You're like that. And mm. They, don't, they get it, so which we're very, we love that, our Mirror Mirror series, because it's a language, the personas are a language for us all to understand and to accept each other and to not try and change people to be how we think they should be. And, of course, that can change families and communities extraordinarily. So in a persona, what's a persona? What's unique in my personas, we're, we're describing the values. So each persona, lion's got a set of values, a swan's got their values, raven. And these are like lenses. You put your glasses on. And this is what we see and believe is very important in the world. So a peacock's got a very idea of different idea of what matters than a dog does or a sparrow does or a nightingale. And you can't change. You are born with your personas. You can't change them. And it can take a little bit of honesty doesn't it Erica to own some that we don't want to have like learning to actually fall in love with the personas we have as part of the journey to self-acceptance we may have seen some pretty awful versions around us and in our families of personas we have and fear that we're going to be just like that but you can't wish away what you, that I don't have it and wish I had another one the mix that you have is exactly right and exactly how you are meant to be and coming to a place of being able to accept and love all of them is really important. Yeah, I agree. So we're born with our personas. So yeah. when we arrive on the set, we have them in our systems and yeah. how we grow up and how we express our personas are obviously affected by our families and also where we grow up. Yep. So where do we get our personas from? Where do they come from? Well, there you go. How's that for a nice little light question? I think they are our soul. I think we're describing the essence of who we are. I've just had a, a granddaughter, my first grandchild born, and my daughter and son-in-law, we're all excited to find out her personas and to get a sense of this. And it takes time to reveal them, but we're not, as Michael Mead says, we're not a blank slate when we come in and then things happen to us and we experience things and that makes us. No, 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 no. The old idea, and this is ancient wisdom, but it's current today, is that you are born with the DNA and makeup of who you are. And I have attempted to be a mirror for you, to present a mirror to you of whoever's listening here. You are this, 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 and this, this, and this. And then we can name the shadow lessons that you're going to have to learn of that. But those six personas have a way of coming together, which bring you the greatest peace, fulfillment, direction, purpose. Yeah. So it's like a recipe. We're, we're born as a, as, a, as a piece of paper with a recipe on it. And when all the, all the recipe ingredients come together, we That's can... That's our happiest moments now, I say. We're most content when, when they do. And every now and then in our life, they sort of accidentally 
magically we have these flow moments where we're using all of them and then other times we're not using a whole lot of ourselves and we're just stuck in the first couple and life can feel pretty difficult or our life is directed in totally the wrong place I'm directed in swan world and I'm actually a nightingale and why am I so unhappy why am I feeling soul sick Mm -hmm. so this is very much about what's unconscious in us we're only conscious of a few percent of of what we're capable of and this language is trying to illuminate what's underneath the veil here what's what really is the essence of you and then showing you how to integrate these pieces of you together beautifully like a jigsaw so every persona's got its own sense of style they've got their own sort of cars that they'd like to drive the colors they like their style of clothing they have their own way of speaking which you can hear they have their own values and priorities of what they think matters in in life. They have their own style in relationships, their own style with money, their own ambitions or non-ambitions. They are, they are, and so you've got these contradictions where I've got a few who are like this and a few are like this, and we all know we have contradictions and we feel torn this way and then we're going that way, and that can make it very difficult to make decisions about life paths, about relationships, about how to go forward. So they all have... A huge amount to them and something that's different in my work Erica is I've always been fascinated by history I did a bit of history at uni as well but I loved history at school and what I have done is attached to the personas their history that they have been with us throughout human life and we carry within us inherited generational memory like epigenetics we carry within us the memory so if you have a lion you carry the memory of all lions throughout history in your in your soul and therefore you have you share their values you share their gifts you share their lessons um, you share the mistakes and you carry innate ways of being and speaking and behaving and why is it so strong in us well because we're tapped into that we're not tapped into the personas we don't have they actually trigger us a lot and they're the ones that we most judgmental of and most disparaging of i guess would you agree don't speak their language they're almost like aliens you know when you come across people and you just go what on earth like who are you and what makes you tick it's almost like yeah like you said speaking a different language and some people infuriate us within seconds it's and some people we immediately connect with and we we bond and we can communicate deeply within within a few minutes it's and that's the language because we've got similar personas. And so we get excited and we go, oh, you're one of my tribe. But we've got six tribes. But, you know, So it's very, very interesting. Some are stronger than others, but it's such a relief when we find people who are on the same page. It's values. It's what we think is important. And when we talk to people who don't have our personas and we're trying to get our values across and convince them, no, this is what really matters in life. Mm-hmm. And they're just not understanding us at all. That causes a lot of pain and a lot of conflict in the world in that we don't speak and understand each other's language and we get extremely frustrated and we get reactive to those who don't get us and we write them off and they write us off. So let's talk about the personas because you, you've you divided them up into sort of developmental stages and, and places of being in the personas. So you call them child, adult and elder and sometimes you refer to shadow and light. So each persona has these stages. They do. They do. So let's start with light and shadow, just to do the the first bit. This is what I loved about archetypes and why I'd always loved reading detective books and 
I, I love understanding agendas and motivations and the truth underneath us. And I don't just want sweet, nice positivity. I'm just not interested. It doesn't feel authentic to me. So I've always loved shadow, but my that's my raven. I now understand that. But And I think for us to grow in self-discovery and to really feel empowered and free to go in the direction that our soul wants to go, we have to come to terms with our shadow. So our shadow are the fractured parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that you don't put on your CV when you go for a job, or you don't put on your dating app. They're parts that we can feel shame about, things that are deemed bad by us and the world. So shadow is actually about the parts that have a lot of pain. When we come from shadow in ourselves, we're coming from a place of fear. We're coming from a place of reactivity, of feeling threatened, of, yeah, a place where we're struggling. So every persona has quite a depth of where they get stuck in their shadow and the lessons that they've got to overcome if they're going to reach and be able to contribute these fantastic character strengths and talents and contributions that they were born to make in the light, you're going to keep wrestling with your shadow coming up all your life, but we can get better and better at transcending it and also recognising it, Erica. So you can recognise and hear yourself when you're starting to act out from shadow. Talking about, I have no idea. You're one, the one person on the planet who doesn't have one. Isn't that lovely? And I'm lucky to work with you. So I, I always said after I learned all this, it's like, fuck, I can't do my tantrums anymore because I just know, just know I'm in, I know that my rage, which is when, my Once you start doing this work and you catch yourself and shut oh, up, oh. you have such an internal responsibility to turn on the knowledge that you have and yeah. hold yourself back and when you begin, it's a practice. It's yes. like trying to hold back a, a flood. It is. And you're standing there and you don't want to let the words out, but you, you know, you immediately fail the first 15 times. But the 16th time when you do it, you you want to text someone and say, I did it. I I held it back. I stopped myself. It, yeah. Practicing Sorry. I'll let you carry on. <laughs> no, no, no. It's exactly it. It's practicing the pause because. You know, when we're in shadow, I link the shadow to the child part of us, the inner child part of us. So if we're in child and our shadows and our fears and our unresolved pain from our life, which we all have, our fracture moments, a lot of which we're not even conscious of, we're coming from that place, but we've got an emotional intelligence. We've got an intelligence, if you like, of an under five-year-old. And a lot of adults spend a lot of their lives in child. We see a lot of the world leaders on stage in child. And you can tell a child because they, they are blaming, they don't take responsibility, they're the victim, you did this, I didn't. They speak in terms like it's always like this, it's always and never, and it's black and white and there's no solutions and it's just like this. It's very defeatist. It's very fear-driven. This is our most damaged part of ourselves. And there's like hundreds of little fractures in ourselves. So each time a shadow comes up and saying to you, there's a part of you you're still rejecting that's not integrated in you yet. And that's deeper work for down the road. But that's what shadows represent. And so when we're in child, we feel justified Mm -hmm. to go 
go off or to withdraw and go moot. So we can be passive or we can be passive aggressive or we can be aggressive. You feel quite good. You, you feel like you're letting it out. I That's am justified and you need telling. And, well, I'm just not engaged with you. I'm just doing, going to do the cold aloof removal stuff and or I'm going to do the clingy codependent stuff and beg you to forgive me. And so each persona has its style of yeah. child. It has, or I'm going to rage at you, and you can have a couple of personas that are very similar. So there's your domino effect. As as you find your personas, you find you go from one, two, three. You just you go through your little range there, and that's your pattern. It's no one else's. It's yours. So yes, Erica, when you first are able to practice the pause, and with every fibre of my being, I want to go off with a little reaction, which I have done thousands of times before, and you don't. 20 minutes later, you go, thank God I didn't do that. And that's like this inner parent has come in. The adult has come in and said, I'm sorry, the two-year-old doesn't get to drive the car. Because if your two or four-year-old's driving your life, your relationships, your reactivity to what's going on that comes your way in life, you are going to have a crash. It's just a matter of when and how big. And Mm -hmm. we are very self-destructive. We talk about self-sabotage. That's when the personas are in child. And they're all really hard lessons to learn to get out of them. But you certainly can't transcend them unless you can see them and name them and know what they are. You need to be able to watch yourself in the moment and go, oh, for fuck's sake, that's my dog getting walked over and being mute and pleasing again. Well, there's my beaver being a fucking martyr. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to see it. That's my parrot swearing. I'm sorry. I've held it back really well so far, but the truth is, I like to swear, my raven parrot, we like to shock. This is um, an expressionist. It's just, it's just it's my communication style. So it is what it is. So being able to see in the moment when my child is running my life that you could put the handbrake on, take a moment, come in and deal with that so that you don't go off course. Mm. Of course, this saves us a lot of time of pain and reinfecting the wounds inside of us, if you like, Erica, and then having to heal that bit and that bit and doing damage to our life path, doing damage to our relationships, doing damage to our kids, our friends. Uh, it stops us doing damage. And mm. so relationships start to get a hell of a lot smoother very, very quickly with those who go further with this work because it's you learn self-acceptance, you learn how to parent this part of yourself that, no one out there is going to save you and fix you. I'm actually going to have to learn how to deal with this, these child aspects of myself. So the way I, the way I interpret it really is it's two parts. It's one is knowing, knowing the language, knowing the archetypes that, you know, having the identity of the archetype, knowing it yourself, identifying it yourself as it's happening, going, I know what's happening. This is my such and such persona. I know this is child because I know that this is where I go when I'm stressed or angry. And then, so that's that's part A. And then part B is going, there's a way forward. There's a path. It's my responsibility. And then practicing that. That's exactly it. And that is adulting right that is the adult going i see you little two-year-old i acknowledge you i know it's me it's no one else's fault it's my responsibility and i'm going to step in with the adult version and parent myself beautiful that's exactly it so if we are coming from child if we are coming from shadow where i've joined them together we are struggling Fear is very present and unconscious pain or conscious pain is present, but we are also self-rejecting. 
But when we're coming from child, we're actually asking for support and parenting and love in the worst way possible. When we're in child, we are repellent. We repel the very thing that we want, which is connection and understanding and validation and support. But we ask for it from child or we go off like a firecracker or shut down or we do whatever our style is, which is pointed out for you many, many ways in other resources we have. We do that number, but that's a sign that the us, we, I need to take responsibility to come in and parent that child. My little girl is really struggling. And I didn't realise she was struggling because it can take us by surprise, kind of, Erica, when our shadow comes out. Absolutely. And I tell you what, when life throws you some curveballs or you're shocked, it's funny, I'm doing really well, I'm feeling really adult, really, really great. Then something comes in that's a shock, a rejection, a, a stressor, you know, someone's made redundant, an illness, I'm overtired, I just push myself that far. Okay. Being shamed, but uh, that's one of my personal triggers. Oh, shamed, yeah, shame. We deal with guilt and shame a lot because that's very much what the child gets drowned in and we drown ourselves in. But these things can come in and we're doing really, really well, but we're pushing it, pushing it, and then we go over the edge and events happen and outside. And that's when we go into child. It's when things happen that you weren't expected, like it'll just throw you into child, being overtired, being sick, being financially stressed feeling lost, having a dark night of the soul, having no sense of meaning and purpose, having a dysfunctional, unsatisfying relationship, just knowing something's missing. This throws us into child. And it actually, the longer you're in it, the harder it is to get out. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows. I mean, we weren't taught this stuff at school, Erica. We weren't taught. This is emotional and soul intelligence, but it's emotional intelligence. We were never given that at school because it's not part of the curriculum. We, because And they don't know it. And our, our parents never received it either. And my grandparents didn't receive it. My great-grandparents never received it. So we've had mostly people in child for a lot of their lives. Some never get to adult. And you, know, you can all think of examples in your life. And sometimes we do, depending on, you know, how we were nurtured in our childhood definitely affects the expression of the personas we're born with. They may help shape them more down a shadow line or more down a light line and the more emotional intelligence that's been in the family you know blessed are you that it helps you to go there but most don't get that sort of parenting and, and emotional intelligence so we get that we can be pretty dark and pretty ugly and pretty difficult in these particular ways but nobody we where's the handbook like how what am I supposed to do with this and not just get in, stuck in a place of I feel unlovable, mm -hmm. of self-rejection about these parts. And that's why I wrote The User Guide to Humans. It's like it's like you want a car manual when your car breaks down. Well, what do I do when I break down, when I'm not functioning well, or when I'm a workaholic? What am I supposed to do with that in my particular version of child running my life? Well, you've got to be able to see and name it first, but also know that there's a whole other brilliant aspect, genius aspect of you and there's a bridge to it and all the work's being done for you. There you are. This is what this is, your persona needs to do to go to there. This is the work. And we'll get we'll get more into doing the work, the persona work as, as we go on. But I want you to talk a little bit more about adult and elder. So adult is the conscious practice of parenting yourself out of child, which is an everyday practice that never stops, right? That's and exactly. when that practice becomes more automatic and you remain an adult, 
most of the time you start getting glimpses of what elder looks like. So what's an elder? Beautifully said. Olders don't necessarily become elders. In fact, a lot of people, as they get older, become more childlike and, and more difficult. And our world, as Michael Mead has said, so is longing for elders. There's an elders like a mentor. So once you've started to, it takes six weeks to nine months to start to change the neural pathways in your brain to be able to understand um, and, and have as the, the default setting, if you like, instead of me going into my automatic child reaction, which happens without thinking about it, to change the wiring that now the adult way comes in as the first choice. That's all most of the time. It takes six weeks to nine months to, to actually do that, but it's really possible. We just keep practicing and practicing and practicing. And then you start to feel like you can trust yourself better and you're mastering yourself a whole lot better. You're parenting yourself a whole lot better. Life's a lot more peaceful. There's lots less conflict and you're far more able to make good decisions for yourself about, I want to do this. I want to do that. And you'll follow through because you now know who you are, your rent, mm -hmm. and you and you can trust that, yeah, that's in alignment with who I am. So I will do that. Whereas before, I didn't know if that was me. Do I do this? I don't do this. I don't know. What if I go, what, et cetera. For a few people who keep going and doing the work, the potential for all of us, Erica, is that we could become elders. And as we make our glorious mistakes through the first half of our life, mm. we can, if we keep owning where we've fucked up, if we keep owning the pain we've caused ourselves and others, if we keep seeing where we fell over and learning from that and integrating those moments because there's always wisdom lying in the, in the heart of the pain as well. We start to be able to trust ourselves as adults and then our soul starts to go, I think you're ready. And these little glimmers we've had all our life about I'd love to do this. I would love to contribute this. You know, I'd really, wouldn't it be great if I could do dot, dot, dot. Well, you start to move into elder and the elder is about providing keys to those who come after us, sowing the seeds of the trees that we'll, we'll never see. Mm. So this work for me is I'm trying to give keys that will then outlast me and I'll never see the fruits of, but that was my contribution that I came to make. And I, I may not have made it, Many of us will not reach our potential of what we came to do. But the most satisfying and fulfilling life and contented life you could ever have is when you're starting to do, to give of yourself, to contribute in the way that your personas just love to and they were born to come together. That's the elder who has a real sense of presence and nobility and unconditional love and acceptance of they face their shadow, they faced their darkness. They're not needing everyone to be this glorious, successful, fabulous or successful. Their idea of what matters in life is very, very different. And it's about the inner journey home, mm -hmm. helping the elders help bring us home to ourselves so that we can then go and step up to make a difference on the planet. And that's my bigger picture, which I know I'm not supposed to speak about. I know I've gone off, off track, but I can't help myself. You know, my dream is that this language helps people believe in themselves so they go and contribute their, their thread to the world because I think that's how we make the bigger difference. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's, it's worth mentioning that each persona, each of the 10 personas has an elder potential. Yes. And you have your own unique mix 
of personas, which we're going to go into in the next podcast, we're going to talk about persona mapping, because unlike every other self-therapy language out there, this language is really complex. It can be it can be simple and it can be as deep and, and paradoxically complex as you like. But your language with the personas consists of the six personas that you have in your map and mapping them out is crucial. So yes. the positions of one, two, three, four, five, six have incredible depth of meaning and getting them in the right place is, is really important. Mm-hmm. And knowing your personas will enable you to get to this elder potential. Um, like I said, the next podcast will be on mapping. Uh, if you haven't already done the quiz now, I really recommend that you go and do it because we are going to go into detail about what does number one persona mean? Number two, number three, what does subconscious, what does secret identity mean? Um, We'll go into all of that in the next episode, but I wanted to thank you for today. I felt like we had some elder words spoken today and I feel, I feel quite moved. Oh, thank you, Erica. I, I just love the opportunity to be able to talk to people in this way. So thank you. We'll see you next episode.